bad about my boss so take a break from work today is no total loss Let's get briefly, I want, I want to talk about tips, but uh, the turn and poacher stuff, but one of the reasons I thought to bring Joe on, and it was a couple of weeks ago when the, we had sketchy ice, and, and uh, you know, my phone was, was ringing off the hook, and our Facebook message boards and, and everything, everybody's looking for good ice. Where's the good ice? Where's the good ice? And, and there really wasn't any good ice. I was telling people, um, try to get across the Canadian border. Um, there might be some there because, you know, our counterparts in North Dakota were dealing with it. Minnesota, they were dealing with it. Had sketchy ice, and, and Joe and I were on a call, and, and we were talking about some duck hunting safety and, and ice safety. And 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 Joe brought up this, this idea that when you fall through, there's something called, like, cold water immersion. So... Joe, um, and, I, and I know, like, even up, up in your neck of the woods, you know, Pactola, you know, that big basin, there's still some sketchy ice there, and there's guys driving all over, guys and gals driving all over it and stuff, but there's still sketchy ice. So let's talk about you, you're out there, you break through, break through the ice, you fall through. Um, you know, other than the standard, you know, some of the safety precautions you need to take, um, you know, talk about the procedure of trying to get yourself out and, and what you need to do when you get into that cold water. Yeah, well, I guess to to back up a little bit, Chris, I just it it's hard for me to ever say that there is such a thing as good ice. I mean, certainly there are times when we get weather like this that we're below zero and, and we're making ice like crazy, but it's just I've never felt like it's something that you can depend on. And I remember that even going back into my Coast Guard days where we trained constantly for ice rescue and walking across, uh, you know, there being a river system and then the big body of water. But river systems are horrible, mm-hmm. you know, with with that constant current, um, those dam faces sometimes are no good because they'll have those seep wells coming out from underneath. And so I just tell people you can never absolute depend on good ice. Right. Um, but if you, if you do find yourself in that situation, which it can happen to anybody, if you're going to venture out on ice, um, you just have to tell yourself and prepare yourself for the worst because you're only going to be better off. Right. So if, if you do fall through the ice, uh, one, one thing that was really interesting to me and, and stuck with me as the boating law administrator, I get to go to uh, these conferences around through NASVLA, which is the National Association of State Boating Law Administrators. So it's basically um, every person that has my job in each state, we all get together, talk about trends and all these different things. But um, the last one I was at, there was this really interesting guy that uh, he's a professor from London, and he studied – cold water immersion so much like most of the things coming out of his mouth I could hardly understand but 
But one thing really stuck with me, and he said, if there was one thing that you could get across to people that would save lives, other than wearing a life jacket, but if there was one thing that you could tell people that would absolutely save lives, is that when you fall into cold water, that feeling is going to subside. So when you fall into cold water, and we consider cold water being anything under 70 degrees, but like right now, if you were to go outside and fall into cold water, it would be the worst day of your life. Right. I mean, because it's so painful. And I, I think what he was getting at is that if you can just fight through that initial shock and that initial gas reflux, because sometimes people will fall into cold water and it's just your human reaction to to right. gasp and then you're sucking in water and and then it's game over but if you could fall in and you could just tell yourself okay i just have to get through this first minute you know one thing we call it is a 110 one so you have one minute where you have that time to get your breath your breathing under control and once you accomplish that then you've got 10 minutes of useful movement. You could still move around before your arms and legs, your fingers don't work anymore uh, for self-rescue. And then you have one hour before you become hypothermic. And so, I mean, if, if you look at those times, it's, it's really a significant amount of time before you're hypothermic. But... First minute, really important, get everything under control and just know that this horrible feeling is going to go away and then use that other 10 minutes wisely. Right. And and I think that's what you were getting at. Fall in the ice, how do you self-rescue? Right. And it one thing that I've found, it, it's kind of a, a balancing act. I don't know if you were a rock climber, Chris, or rock star not a rock climber yeah yeah <laughs> well close um so i'm just trying to think of how how i could compare this maybe uh getting out of a pool you know so if you don't use a ladder at a pool uh and instead of pushing yourself up like you would on on the wall of the pool and then putting your foot up and standing up Instead of doing that, you want to disperse your weight as well as you can. Typically, if you fall in, that means the ice obviously wasn't good where you fell in and probably isn't really good um, real close to where you fell in. Yeah. So if you can kind of kick your feet like you're swimming and just get your torso up on the ice and spread your arms out. Um, and if you could get your torso all the way to your waist up there on the ice and just hold on, at that time, your weight's going to be mainly distributed towards the, the top of that ice, not a tremendous amount of weight on your legs. And then you can start to roll and roll away. And that's why some guys will carry those ice picks with them around their neck. And that's just a way to to have something to dig into the ice yep. 
uh, versus just using your hands to try to get up there. Yep. Yeah. So I, you know, I've, I've been through uh, a couple times and always carry ice picks or something. But the one time I did go through, and I, it wasn't terribly deep, um, but actually kind of used my wet arms. I put them up on the ice on a cold day, and they literally froze enough to the ice where I could kind of pull myself up. But the kicking of the feet and, like, flattening out your body so you can get it more, more uh, like, horizontal instead of vertical is a big thing because, uh, you know, I've talked to people who, oh, the ice picks are great, but I'm not strong enough to pull myself up with my arms. And it's like, no, you know, when you swim, you're using your legs more than your arms or just as much, if not more. So that's a good point. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it's, it's not really a climb. It's more of a swim and, and using your legs as propulsion in the water you know, to, to push yourself onto that ice ledge and then hopefully be able to roll. Right. And, and once you're away from that spot, you know, trying to get, you know, obviously get away from that poor ice and, and get to a spot where you can kind of get up and then obviously get somewhere warm. But the, the cold water immersion thing, that 110-1 really stuck with me, Joe, and, that, and I think that's a, a message that, that we need to push a little bit more. And, and the you know, there is no real... 100% sure ice. Um, those are those are important messages, and especially as we get along with, you know, get through this cold snap, and then the ice starts going bad because everybody likes to fish that last ice, you know, when it's nice and the fish are biting right before spring, or, you know, right before spring ice out.
Just best bow that's in bottom.